Hello and welcome back to the Maluli Asset Podcast. I'm your host, Casey Maluli. Back with you for episode 423. We're back at full strength this week. We've got Brendan, Tom, and Tim joining me. Guys, thanks for hopping on. Got an interesting topic to discuss. And uh, it's interesting because as retirement planners and financial planners, you wouldn't think that we would say, that the financial plans or retirement plans would be, um, or that we would rip up the plans we make. But that's the gist of, of what we're going to talk about. And, uh, the article we're going to be referencing is titled Five Reasons You'll Change Your Retirement Plan. I think a better headline would have been Five Reasons Why Your Plans in Retirement Will Change. Right. The author of this article, which we'll link to, pulled a quote from Dwight Eisenhower. You said that plans are worthless, but planning is everything. So basically, you can plan for what you're going to do in retirement, but that's not really what's valuable. What va- What's valuable is going through the planning process, um, which is something that we say often that planning, financial planning is more of an ongoing process and not a one-time event. So the first reason why... This author says that you'll, your plans will change or your retirement plan will change is that your retirement reality doesn't meet your expectations. So we referenced that in 2021, a Gallup poll found that more than three quarters of workers expect to rely on part-time work as a source of retirement income. However, 85% of retirees say that part-time work is not a source of income at all. So... The first step is really about aligning your sources of income in retirement and then finding out what your options are, whether or not you're going to need to work. Does that sound similar to to how we do things here or what do you guys think about part-time work and, and making sure that your expectations match your reality as far as income in retirement goes? I think just the idea there that people are expecting to work I think then the article went on to say how, for a variety of reasons, that may not be the case. doesn't seem like it is for the 85% of people who say they're not getting part-time income in retirement. Uh, it could be because they get there and they just decide that they don't want to. They like having their time uh, back in their own hands as opposed to someone else's while they were working uh, for a living. It could be that the opportunity just isn't there, um, which is you know out of their control also. So some of these are within people's control, some, some of it out of their control, I guess, is my point. And when you're making a plan for something like that hypothetical in the future, I think you got to leave enough wiggle room and, and margin for error so that if, if that opportunity, uh, let's say, doesn't materialize when you uh, otherwise think you might like it to, to support the income that you have, that you're going to be okay regardless. Because then you're in a position where... I mean, you've got to make some adjustments and probably not ones that, that you want to make. If you wanted to work, the opportunity isn't there and you were making a plan that relied upon that. So you can do iterations of a financial plan that include part-time work as, as you might think it could occur and then ones that are without it and then kind of make your decision based on that. Again, making the planning exercise more valuable than whatever you think will occur. It's thinking through all the possibilities that's helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he even suggests that people should do a trial retirement run 
and maybe if you have like a block of unused vacation days or something like that uh, to give it a go for a couple months and see, you know, income wise, if that's going to be enough and then kind of recalibrate um, after that time period is over, figure out if you have to go back to work or, or if things are okay. I've actually heard that from a few people over the years where they said, hey, I'm going to use my bank of sick time, personal time, <clears throat> and do exactly that. But I think for most people, that really is the first year of retirement where they say, okay, I'm, I'm going to start new. I'm kind of jumping off the cliff here. I don't really know what my day is going to look like. And so I think I'm going to work. And many, many, many times we hear people six months after they retired, yeah, I, I didn't want to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. Or I didn't like it and I knew I could walk away. They have the optionality to just say, yeah, this isn't for me. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, thought I, I thought I would keep myself busy, but I'm keeping myself busy doing other things. I think in general it just comes down to the difference between your expectations versus reality. And you don't really know what something's going to be like until you actually live through it. Um, that applies here when it comes to how retirement is going to go for people. But I feel like it, it applies to almost everything that you do in life. I mean, if you want to learn to go surfing, learn how to surf, you could sit and read books on how to surf and, and watch videos on YouTube telling you the techniques of what to do and, and all of these different things. But it, you're not going to know what it's like until you actually get in the water and start doing it and be like, well... I actually wasn't prepared for this, or this is completely different from from what I was expecting. I guess when we work with people, it's it's true that they need to, to do something like that, which is why the trial run could be helpful, but I think they also need to prepare for whether or not it is what they expected to be financially okay. Like right. you can't just like you can't just be like, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it and uh, and and just hope that everything's alright when it comes yeah. to something like retirement. Like it I think there's enough to contend with and just getting getting to the point of whether your day and your well-being is at the same level that it was prior to retirement, just filling up the day and, and having purpose and, and feeling fulfilled with your life, to then layer on top of that that you have to worry financially because you said you were going to find part-time work and now you've decided that you don't want to, like you got to you gotta have the finances locked down first, which is why you can do planning and map out all these all these different scenarios to make sure that regardless of your future feelings, which I agree are, you can't know them until you know, uh, regardless of them, that you're going to be all right financially. I think there's another part of this that the author, it seemed like he was kind of tap dancing around, but one of the things that we've kind of picked up on here in conversations is that it's a huge change to your psyche. There's a big, a big part of your identity or your ego or just your normal day-to-day -day life is involved with your work. And now that's gone. You know, if you say, I'm going to do part-time work or I'm going to volunteer, or, I'm going to do this, this, that, or the other, I'm going to get more into my hobbies. And you find out that it's really not for you. It can be really disheartening. And it can really change a few folks. And so it's... It's, it's like a 
fundamental thing. Like you kind of realize that like maybe you didn't even know yourself. You just had a job and you use that as your identity. That's like, correct. That's like that's an right. existential crisis. Right. It is. And th- this is Your job is not your identity. Yeah. And so we're talking about, you know, right here, we're talking about a personal balance sheet, not a numerical balance sheet where you're weighing assets and liabilities. It can be a huge shift for people to go through mentally, um, whether it's, you know, they feel like they're on the right track. And that can kind of spill over to things that we talked about in the video that we recorded yesterday that, you know, their life may not be going exactly as they expected. Again, it's managing expectations. And that may lead to them saying, oh, you know, the market's down. This whole thing is just not working out. I'm going to rip up the script and make some drastic changes, making emotional decisions regarding your finances or your investments. So... Well, I think just the tone of the overall article to piggyback on that is is kind of ripping up the script with the plans. So, I mean, with, with that being said, I think some of the uncertainty and the, the planning topics that we're talking about, uh, just a point that, that we like to make to folks is is leaving, you know, uh, margin for error, leaving flexibility in the financial plan, which can mean a, a variety of things. It can mean how you position your investments. It can mean... Um, where you have assets located in terms of like the type of accounts that you that that you have it, it can be you know being flexible with your spending plans things like that and and these are all things that come into the planning process um, you know as, as a whole but I think it's important to align those things um, so that you're making sensible choices and not and not emotional ones with your money because that's very valid so it sounds like the sweet spot would be, you go back and do part-time work because you want to do it, not because you have to do it. And I think that was one of the other main points of the article was that the retirement planning process is really all about understanding your options and what you, what you can do versus what you have to do from a financial standpoint, at least. Yeah. To, to like feel in control. Yeah. I think is, is, um, probably like a very high level over overview of, of what people want in retirement and then defining what that is can be a difficult thing for people to do because it's it's personal and they might not know exactly what that is but yeah I think the idea of having to work doesn't feel like control mm-hmm. not probably not the idea of what people thought about when they considered retirement I think it's important to to know that like if you do go into retirement necessarily not necessarily planning on having to work or wanting to work or anything, and then you change course, like it doesn't mean that your retirement plan failed or that you failed in what you wanted to do in, in retirement. I mean, that's why, you know, we, we talk about the plan being a process and not a, a one-time thing. Like we expect the plan to change over time. When we're doing retirement income projections for people, we don't really go out 20, 30 years down the road. We're looking at the first year to maybe five, six, seven, eight years down the road um, to to have a game plan of, you know, assuming things stay like this, where might you be? But with the understanding that things can change and that's why we're here to revisit the numbers so you're not just locked into one plan. Uh, and if you don't like that after a year, then you feel stuck mm-hmm. and that's not where you want to be. It can go in so many different directions. It's important to, of course, always be open-minded and try new things, but you just have to be flexible in your approach. Some of the other things that that he mentioned is, uh, 
you know, you may experience a health problem or your, you know, your life changes, you, you wind up getting divorced. I mean, gray divorce now is a, it's a real thing. You know, people in their 60s are getting divorced uh, because in, in some reason, because now they're home with their right. spouse and they're finding out that they're not really getting along. It kind of goes back to the existential crisis that Brendan was referring to yeah. earlier. And and that's an unfortunate side of things, but using it a does job happen. And other people as your identity. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's a you problem. You got to figure out who number one is. There's, <laughs> and that is, a, that is a, a, I think a getting deep on the podcast here. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, but that's something that I think a lot of people wrestle with. With uh, there was a great movie that came out like 30 years ago called Parenthood, and uh, so I guess if you're around my age. Uh, it's something that you've seen over and over and over. But at one part of the movie, uh, Steve Martin quit his job because he didn't dazzle his boss. And uh, his wife uh, in the movie, uh, Diane Keaton, was like, well, you know, you have to pick up grandma and you have to take uh, one of the kids somewhere and you have to do this and you have to do that. And he looked at her and he said, my whole life is have to. And it was very sad because a lot of us feel like it's Monday, I have to go to work, or I have to, my whole paycheck goes to my mortgage and paying my debts, or I have to, I have to save for retirement, but retirement's so far off, it's hard for a lot of people to even conceive what this money is going to be worth to them in the future and what they're going to use it for. I feel like the, those have-tos fall away for a lot of people when you retire and then you just have the ability to make your own choices and do your own stuff and that can be you know freeing but also overwhelming because you haven't experienced that in that's right. decades that's right so yeah, yeah you have, you have yeah. get to's in retirement right yeah. you can you can make it that way whenever you want you don't have yeah. to wait until you retire to do that yeah. i think if you feel yeah. like you have to do something you're always free to consider why you feel that way and whether it's true or not do i have to you know, right. That's a great question right. to ask. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the things that you said about putting money away for retirement is important for our listeners to understand. And, and Nick Majuli, who blogs at Of Dollars and Data, uh, wrote about that this week. And his point was that the biggest contributor to your net worth isn't your investment returns. It's how much you save. So he took a look at his own net worth and kind of broke it down. He did a graph. We'll link to, to the post in the show notes so you can look at it. It's a good visual. But he looked at what contributed to his increases and decreases in net worth. And uh, the vast majority of it was saving money and a smaller portion of it was investment returns. And he talked about a concept which he wrote about in his book, uh, Just Keep Buying, which is a great title. But it was, he calls it the, uh, save, invest continu continuum, I think. Um, but basically it's this idea that for the first 15 years where saving money and putting it away in retirement accounts, you're not going to see much change in those first 15 or so years until you build that base. But then afterwards from years 40 beyond or from 15 beyond, um, is when the investment returns on top of that base really start to compound on itself. And, uh, I think that that's an important topic to, to talk about and to, um, 
dive into and explain for um, our listeners out there. So uh, this was not mentioned in the in the in Nick's post, but Warren Buffett considered to be one of the wealthiest people in the world, uh, definitely here in the United States. He uh, his net worth first crossed a billion dollars at age sixty. So for all of those years prior to that, he was still compiling assets and. The money, the compounding returns didn't really escalate until very later in life. Uh, and I, I think a lot of people just lose sight of that. Yeah, it's, it's kind of disheartening, especially Nick was talking about how in, in 2022 was the first time his net worth actually decreased uh, because his investment performance was not, he, he lost money there, which I think a lot of people did in 2022. Um, but yeah, I think it's important to not get frustrated and make emotional decisions when you're saving money and all you're seeing is either your account going up by the contributions that you're putting in or view it as, oh, I put 20 grand in this year and now that money's gone. That's something that we hear uh, pretty often from clients. You broke it down too and it was interesting to see, I mean, the chart that he tracked was the change in his net worth over you know the last several years, uh, but then he further broke it down by the change and what actually made the change happen in each individual year, and whether it was uh, you know investment gains or whether it was savings. And there were two negative years in the time sample, and it was 2018 and 2022. And you can see the you know investments impacted there, but in all the other years, even when even when the investment returns contributed positively to a gain in his net worth, it was far surpassed by the the savings, uh, even in those years. So like, yeah, it's fun to see the investments go up in a given year. But even in those years where you think it's all the investments, it's still a lot about the base that you've built by just saving money too. So, you know, I think, yeah, not getting swung around by whether you know, the investments happen to be up or down whenever you're looking and measuring something like your net worth um, is pretty important because it's it's not it's not the top contributor to what matters, the bottom line. I feel like a good thing about that is that your savings rate is the thing that you can actually control yourself. Um, you can't control what the market's going to give you. We tell people that all the time. Any given year, Last year, market was down. A few years before that, market was up. So you, you don't know in any given year what the market's going to provide, but you can certainly take into your own hands how much money you, you put away. Your ability to work and save early on in life are your, your biggest assets at that point in time. And then when you get to your retirement, your biggest asset isn't time and your ability to work. It's your retirement account. Yeah. So it's, the it's, ability it's to important. Let this thing compound. It's important while you're in your working years to really save and, and put away as much as you can so that you give yourself those options later down the road. You're not forced into doing something that you don't want to. Older in life, you get to do the things that you want to do. Because you, you get to older in life, and it's true that you no longer have the time and the ability to save, which are the important factors within your control. And that the investments matter more, like all, all of that is true. But it's also true that we still have no control over the short-term investment results when we get to that stage. So it's not that you can flip the switch and then focus more on your investments then because they matter more. They matter more and you're at that point and you need to have the resources available to weather bad markets because we still have no control over that. 
no matter how hard we try. It's true. Kind of going full circle there between the first kind of bigger picture retirement stuff that we talked about and how your retirement plan is going to change over time and um, covering early on in life too and how important it is to save money and uh, and put it away and, and give yourself those options later in life. So I think that's going to do it for episode 423 of the Maluli Asset Podcast. Thanks as always for listening. We'll be back with you next week. Tom Maluli is an investment advisor representative with Maluli Asset Management. All opinions expressed by Tom and his podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Maluli Asset Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Clients of Maluli Asset Management may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast.